Good evening, everyone. Welcome, Rabbi Yisai, and welcome back to uh, yet another Thursday night Chumash and Shalanshir. And last week, we had a very special edition of the Thursday night Chumash and Shalanshir from broadcasting from Pearson International Airport from an undisclosed location in Toronto. That was last week. And the plan this week was to be rack- rack- back in our regular broadcasting studio location in Somerton, Philadelphia. Um, however, due to unforeseen, unexpected, last-minute the circumstances and technical issues, we are not broadcasting from our regular location. However, we are broadcasting this week's Chumashir from an unidentified Toyota Camry on the I-195 westbound, somewhere in between Lakewood, New Jersey, and Philadelphia. So, ahem, no cholent over here in this unidentified Ford Camry, Toyota Camry, rather. But we'll try to have the Chumashir nevertheless. And here we go, Rabbi Sai. Bamidbar. Parshas Bamidbar in the Chutz Aritz. And for uh, any of us who happen to have been in there so last Shabbos and back in uh, Philadelphia this Shabbos, yes, we're hearing Bamidbar twice in a row. Um, this is Bamidbar for Chutz Aritz, Parshas Nasai for Eretz Yisrael. Nas is going to have to wait for next week. Let's go a little bit through Bamidbar. The Book of Numbers. And the Book of Numbers indeed begins with Numbers. And we begin with the commandment to Moshe Rabbeinu to count, count Klal make a census, a survey, a census. Let's get a grand total of how many Yidin there are in Klal And if we look at first glance, it does seem in fact as such that the Rebbein Shalom is interested in knowing how many Yidin there are. In fact, Rashi even says, Rashi says the very beginning of the Parsha, very beginning of the Chumash, who wants to dwell amongst Klai Yisrael and rest his Shechin upon us and this is when we're in the Midbar already as the name of the book indicates this is after the Mishkan so Hashem this is, says Rashi the Rebbe wants to know how many Yidin there are and Klai Yisrael and Hashem is coming to bring his Shechina down to us so let's, 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 take a, let's take a head count and indeed we find Numbers that give us the total of each shevet and give us the grand total of Klai Yisrael, 603,550 in, in, in Klai Yisrael, and we get the subtotals and we get the grand total. So on the one end, it does seem that we are looking to do a census, take a grand count, a grand tally of all the Yidin. Kodesh Baruch Hu says, it's time for the Shekhinah to come, it's time for me to rest my glory, my presence amongst my nation. Let's have, find out how many people there are in this glorious nation within which I'm about to rest my glory. That's on the one hand. Grand totals, grand tallies, a grand number for HaKadosh Baruch Hu's grandeur. On the other hand, we seem to have a very opposite and conflicting spin on the midst of counting Kala Yisrael. As opposed to the grand numbers and the grand count and the grand tallies, we seem to find the focus on the individuals, actually. Which is not the focus of a census, which is not the focus of a grand tally and a grand total. We don't want the, the Pratim, we want the Klalim. Each Prat is only there to add up to the Klal. But where do we find this opposite spin? Where do we find this opposite take? Where we find this emphasis on the individuals? That's in the Pesukim itself. It does say, Let's find out how many people there are in every family, how many people there are in the tribes, how many people there are in Klai Yisrael, but on the other it says, Saw is Roish. Lift up their heads. 
each skull, each head. And then, most fascinating of all, it says, Bimispar Shemois. Bimispar Shemois. It says, for each of the Shvatim, each of the Shvatim, each of the twelve Shvatim, we're told again and again and again and again, Moshe Benu count Bimispar Shemois, the counting of names, the number of names. How odd, how strange. You know, when the U.S. Census Bureau comes around, they don't want to know how many names there are in your household. They want to know how many numbers. How many got here, ma'am? Three. How many you got over here? Eight. How many got over here? Five. How many got over here? One and a half. They just want to know numbers. Here we got Timothy. We got Johan. We got Leroy. They don't care about the names. They just want to know numbers. The Torah is saying, we're counting names. Sa'as Reish. Lift up the heads. The skulls. Those individual kepis of Klai Yisrael. All the Kepalach. Count the Kepalach. Count them, count them up from their Kepalach to their Fizalach. The names. So what's going on? This is clearly a focus on the individual. The tallies, the grand totals, the base Avaisam, that's a focus on the Klau. So what are we counting and who are we counting? Counting the Klau, counting the Prat. If we're counting up to 603,550, why do we have to know about the names if we're counting names? Why do we need to know the numbers of the Shvatim and the numbers of the Yid? What's going on? Again, two very different, very conflicting messages, seemingly, that are being sent to us in, in, in just presenting and defining the nature of this grand count. And the Emesis Rabbi Yisai, they're both true, they're both Emes, and they're both focus points over here, points of focus. And they're both objectives in this grand count, and they both complement one another beautifully, and they're both there to reveal to us what this count is, is really all about. It's not just a grand total, it's not just a grand survey. It's not just getting the grand tally of how many in there are. It's a focus on the clow, but a focus on the clow is how it's made up by the prat. It's a focus on the prat, on the individual, counting the individual, and a focus on how that prat fits into the clow, fits back into the tzibur. And let's speak it all out and explore this together. The starting point is Mispar Shemois. Mispar Shemois. As Rebbein Shalom tells Moshe, count up the number of names. Let's count the number of names. What does it mean to count up the number of names, counting names? Again, the U.S. Census Bureau doesn't care. They don't give a hoot about the names of all those people in your house. They just want to know a number. What do you mean when we're counting a name? What does it mean to have a name? What is a name, Rabbi Yisai? What is a name? A name. The Makai. A name in every place that we encounter the concept of name in Yiddishkeit, whether it's a name of a Yid, whether it's Chazal, analyzing names, whether it's in davening, talking about the names of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, a name of something always represents that matter's essence. A name is not just how to get someone's attention. A name is not just how to make sure your teacher knows who, 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 who got a hundred on the test and who failed miserably on the test. A name is how a person's soul manifests itself in this world. Who this person is, what they're all about, their kaychas nefesh, their individuality, what makes them them and not someone else. And that's why, as we know, parents are given ruach hakodesh, divine inspiration, when it comes to naming the child. Because naming a child is a serious business. Naming a child is channeling their neshama more than channeling the neshama. 
presenting the neshama, speaking out the neshama, describing the neshama. Who and what is this neshama? What are they destined to do? What goes into who they are? What makes them different than everyone else? What's their individuality? That's what a name always is. So Amish is told, Saz Rosh B'nai Yisrael, count their heads, take note of their skulls, the Mizpar Shemois, count their names, what we're being told to do is to keep track of that individuality, each and every individual. And counting means to give something chashivos, to give something importance, to give something an acknowledgement, to give something an appreciation, to take notice of something. Take note and notice and acknowledge the individualities that are there in the entire camp of Klai Yisrael. Lift up their heads. The Mizpar Shemois, count the names. Take note of each and every individuality that exists in Klai Yisrael and note them for their individualities. That's what it means to count them up. And that's what it means to count names. Again, to give that chashivus and that deference and that accordance to the full range of all the individualities, all the uniquenesses, all the idiosyncrasies that goes into each and every separate member of who Kla Yisrael is and what makes them up. But then we have Leves Avoisa. We have subtotals. We have grand totals. We have totals of every shevet. We have totals of Gans Klai 603,550. We have 70,000 in this shevet, 50,000 in this shevet, 40,000 in this shevet, 60,000 in this shevet. Why are we giving grand totals if we're indeed interested in the individualities in the Mizpah Shemais of taking note, taking stack, and giving accord and deference to each and every individualized member? The Territz is... Yeah, we want to know about each and every individual in Kleister. We want to know what makes each and every special and different and unique. But we're projecting and broadcasting a very specific message, loud and clear. And I hope, Rabbi Isai, as we continue, as we hurdle at 81 miles an hour, well, that's what it says, please don't tell that to the rabbits in, in an unidentified Toyota Camry on the I-195 westbound, I don't know how clear this is coming in. There may be some background noise, but the message of the Torah is quite clear. The individualities of Klai Yisrael, the uniquenesses, the Mizpar Shemois, are only worth something, are only worth taking note of, taking stock of, when they integrate themselves into the Beis HaVoyisam, into their Shevet, and from their Shevet into the totality of Klai Yisrael. Yes, we want the individualities, and yes, we want the uniquenesses of every Yochid V'Yochid, and we want to take, to count them, take note of them, take stock. Yes, you're chashev, you're special, you're unique. You have something to bring to the table. But bring it to the table. Bring it to your shevet. Bring it to Klai Yisrael. You have to intermesh with everybody else, integrate with everybody else. And be ma'uriv. Be able to interact with everybody else, with your individuality. We want your individuality as it shows up and as it unites and interacts with the rest of Klai Yisrael, as it's misachid, as it comes together with everybody else's individuality. No individuality within Klai Yisrael, no unique blend of herbs and spices and personality traits and Tchunas HaNefesh was created to be alone, was created to stand alone, was created to put itself there on the sidelines. Every shame of those Mizpah Shemais was created to be brought back 
not just into alignment, but to interlock, intermesh, and interact with the rest of Klai Yisrael. Bring your individuality, your uniqueness, figure out who you are, and bring that uniqueness back into your Shevet, into your base Avais, your, your father's tribe, your father's family, your tribe. Bring it there, activate it, work with it, use it, be proud of it. And from there, make your Shevet a better place through applying your uniqueness and make Klaistral a wonderful, beautiful place by bringing your uniqueness into the rest of Klaistral. Into those 603,549 other Neshamas, bring yours to add to the fold. That's what the Torah is saying. The count is all about the Prat, as the Prat, the individual, contributes to part of the Klal, and it's about the Klal, how the Klal is comprised and composed of all the Pratim. And when we have them together, that's when we have the full count of Klal <clears throat> So we don't just want the Klal, a big mass of Neshamas, because it's just like having, you know, a lot of guppies in the tank. What are you getting from having lots and lots and lots of guppies? Lots and lots of guppies. No difference between having 100,000 guppies, 200,000 guppies, or 300,000 guppies, or 600,000 guppies. We don't really care. It's just lots and lots of guppies cloned again and again and again. We don't want just a grand total. A big mass of Yidin. But we don't want a lot of Yechidim either. We don't want a lot of individualities. We want Mispar Shemais, Nochamol, every year to figure out who he is and to be recognized for who he is and to feel chasher for who he is and to see who he is. And the Torah counts him counts them separately, counts them individually and we want him to bring that individuality and uniqueness into his base avais, into his father's family, into a shevet, into, into Gans Klaizro. And that's what Klaizro is all about. Everybody discovering who they are and uniting and bring that all together in such beautiful beautiful harmony. And that's why bring this back to the opening Rashi in the, in the, in the Parsha, the opening Rashi in the Sefer, we can't Klaizro now because we're coming Rebbe is coming to rest the Shekhin amongst us. For the Shekhinah to come, we talk and eat the Klal and the Prat, we need the Prat and the Klal. The Shekhinah is here to be brought, rather. The Shekhinah is brought here. The Shekhinah comes down here when we have each member of Klai Yisrael doing what they need to do, what they were built to do, what they were designed to do, together amongst the rest of Klai Yisrael. That's what brings the Shekhinah. Whenever he is accomplishing his mission within HaKadosh Baruch Hu's army, as given to him by HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Torah, but his unique approach, his unique role and job within that mission, that's what brings the Shekhinah. That's why we're Dafka counting Klai Yisrael, the Prat and the Klal, before the Shekhinah can come into Klai Yisrael. So this is what's uh, what's going on in the beginning of the parasha. This is understanding the count and understanding what otherwise seems to be a conflict between how the Torah describes that count. Okay, that's one idea. Very nice approach to understanding the book of numbers, what the numbers are all about. Still have time for one more idea. Let's let's explore one more very beautiful, very pertinent, timely idea on the parsha. And that has to do with the pasuk. That comes a little bit later. Pasuk says. The pasuk says. Um, when it comes uh, after after Moshe is told. All about the counting, he's told all about the placement of the Shvatim, the Degalim, how they should be camped out. It says, Eila told us Moshe Va'aroin. These are the told us, the descendants of Moshe Va'aroin. Beyond Dibra Hashem is Moshe. These are the descendants of Moshe and Aaron on the day that Hashem spoke to Moshe. 
The, Pasuk, the next Pasuk goes on to tell us about the descendants of Aaron. It doesn't say the descendants of Moshe anywhere. It talks about Nod of Aviu, Elazar, Yisamar. We don't see anything about the descendants of Moshe, only the descendants of Aaron. Rashi picks up on this. Rashi asks the obvious question. It talks about the descendants that told us of Moshe. It doesn't say anything about Moshe's descendants, only Aaron's. What's going on over here? It says Rashi. No, it's talking about the descendants of Moshe and Aaron. Even though it only talk about, talks, talks about Nod of Aviu, Elazar and Yisamar is talking about the toldus of both of them. How so? Says Rashi, Moshe taught everybody Torah. He taught Nadav and Aviu, he taught Elazar and Yisamar, and Kolam Alamid, B'noish al-Chavira Torah, if you teach your friends, children, Torah, Malal of Akazov Ki'ilu Haylidoi, the Torah considers it as if you gave birth to them. So Moshe taught Torah to Elazar and Yisamar, Nadav and Aviu, Told us Moshe and Aaron, they're, they're called Moshe's told us as well, these are the descendants of Moshe, because Moshe taught them Torah. So very nice, a beautiful, beautiful lesson, beautiful lesson from the Pasuk over here. If you teach someone's kids Torah, it's like they're your kids. Teaching anyone Torah makes them like your descendants. Beautiful idea. The question is, okay, so we know that when it says told us of Moshe, these are the descendants of Moshe, and it only talks about Aaron's kids, obviously they're not his biological descendants, they have the other, some other kind of descendants, and that's what Rashi is saying. They're, they're his descendants via the fact they're his uh, descendants through the fact that he taught them Torah. Pedagogical descendants, not biological descendants. The question is, where do you see it in the Pasuk that they're called the descendants because he taught them Torah? The only thing we do see in the Pasuk goes on to say, Eila told us Meishav Aaron, B'yam Dibra Hashem es Meishav. These are the descendants of Moshe and Aaron on the day that Hashem spoke to Moshe. One would think that it should say, these are the descendants of Moshe and Aaron on the day that Moshe spoke to them. What made them Moshe's descendants? The fact that Moshe spoke to them. That's not what the Pasuk says. The Pasuk says, what made the Moshe's descendants? The fact that Hashem spoke to Moshe. A funny way to conclude the Pasuk, if the lesson of the Pasuk is that they're Moshe's descendants because he taught them Torah, why is it talking about Hashem teaching Moshe Torah? They're not his descendants because... Moshe taught because Hashem taught Moshe, but rather because Moshe taught them. So Rashi actually picks up on this as well, and Rashi says something a little bit funny, a little bit mysterious. But Rashi's clearly bothered by this question in the second half of the pasuk. Rashi says, Moshe." The day that Hashem spoke to Moshe, says Rashi, everything that Hashem taught to Moshe, so Moshe taught to Elazar, Yisamar, Nadav, and Aviu. So according to Rashi, the Torah is referring to the Torah that Moshe taught them, and that's why they're called Moshe's descendants. And how is the Torah referring to the Torah? How is the Torah in the Pasuk referring to the Torah that Moshe taught Elazar in summer and not of an Aviyu, by telling us about the Torah that Hashem taught Moshe? So again, it's still a little bit funny. Because it seems a little bit inefficient, a, a little bit cumbersome. This Pasuk is saying like a little bit, like a, a very roundabout way uh, of teaching us that when you teach somebody Torah, it's like they're your kids. How does the Torah teach us that since Moshe taught them Torah, they're his descendants they're his descendants by telling us that Hashem taught Moshe Torah, beyond deeper Hashem is Moshe why doesn't the Torah just say beyond deeper Moshe is Moshe as the laws of Yisamar, why doesn't the Torah just do that that would make a lot more sense than taking a roundabout way of telling us where Moshe got his Torah from that he taught the laws of Yisamar, again it should say beyond deeper Moshe as the laws of as, as B'nai Aharon, why beyond deeper Hashem is Moshe why is that the way the Torah chooses to teach us? If you teach someone Torah, it's like they're your kids. Why go through all these additional steps? The Torah says, Rabbi Yisai, such a beautiful, powerful idea. 
in learning Torah and teaching Torah and in really going into Shavuos. A beautiful idea that emerges from the Pasuk. Why, if the Torah wants to teach us that teaching someone Torah is like they're your kids, is like they're your descendants, why does the Torah present that in the context of Hashem teaching Moshe Torah, the Teretz is, because if you want to tell us, if you want to talk about, you want to talk about Moshe teaching, Taka, the best way to talk about Moshe teaching is to talk about Hashem teaching Moshe. The best way to describe Moshe teaching Kala Yisrael is to talk about Moshe learning Torah from the Rebbeinu Shalayla. How do we talk about Moshe teaching? The most natural, the most logical way of describing Moshe teaching is to talk about Moshe learning. What does that mean? Is the Torah showing us learning Torah is a heft of teaching Torah. Or the function, the purpose, and the objective of learning Torah ultimately is to be teaching. When we learn, we're learning in order to teach. When we imbibe and absorb Torah from someone else, we have to understand that really, this is just the first step of greater steps yet to come. This is a preparation for teaching. This is a heksher for teaching. And the ultimate goal of that learning Torah is to give it over somebody else. There's never an idea of absorbing Torah, learning Torah, studying Torah from someone else just to keep that Torah for ourselves. There's never an idea of isolated learning, personal learning. We could call it even selfish learning. There's no such thing as learning just for oneself. And when someone is learning just for oneself, you're not really learning. The function and the goal and the objective of learning ultimately is to let the learning go right through you. To be a pipeline, to be a funnel, to be a channel, to let the learning go weiter, to transfer that learning over to somebody else. Torah is called Torah's Chesed. Torah's Chesed al Why is Torah described as Torah's Chesed? Because again, the function, the heft of, of Talmud Torah, of learning Torah, is to be able to teach. We say, Lilmoid Ulamid. Avino Avarachaman. Akkadosh Baruch Avarachaman is on us. Same believe Beno, Bina. Lahavan Ulahaskil. Lilmoid Ulamid. Akkadosh Baruch, we say this Baruch every single morning at the evening. Give us Siyat Dishmai. Give us wisdom. Give us understanding. Give us divine assistance. Lilmoid Ulamid. There's no Lilmoid on its own. It's always Lilmoid Ulamid. We're learning in order to teach. We're receiving in order to give over. It's one long chain. And if we let the chain stop with us, we're not really learning because that's not the point. That's not the purpose of learning. Learning is a heksher, is a preparation for teaching. And said even better, learning is, a, is, is, is us receiving in order to be a funnel, to be a channel, to be a pipeline, to let it go further and beyond to destinations way, way, way beyond us. That's why we always find Torah again is described as Torah's chesed. The chefta of Talmud Torah, the function, the definition, and the role of Torah is to be able to give it over to others. Lilmoid ulamid, if it's personal, if it's selfish, if it's just for me, if it's just a lilmoid, we're missing in the lilmoid. There's something chaser. We never just ask for siyad Shmai to learn. It's always for the entire kabudal. And uh, this lesson, A, is such a powerful lesson for us in our own personal Kabbalah that we're going to make going into Shuas. We have to know that when we're learning, we're not learning for us alone. We're not learning for our own furtherance. We're not just learning to make ourselves into Tamir Chacham. 
We're learning to make Klai Yisrael to Tamid Chacham. We're learning to be able to pass on, to deliver, to give this all over, all this knowledge, to let it go through us. Beautiful lesson going into Shavuos, and a lesson that jumps right at, at us from this Pasuk. Such a beautiful insight in this Pasuk in Parshas Bamidbar. Ayla told us Maisha Va'aroin. These are the descendants of Maisha. Why are we calling Allah Zisam and Aviyu Maisha sense? Because he taught them to out. You know, you know how you, we, we want to describe, the best way of describing Maisha teaching is beyond Deber Hashem is Maisha. How do you want to, how do we, how do we talk about Maisha teaching by talking about Maisha learning? When I talk about Maisha learning, I'm talking about his teaching because that's why he's learning. That's why Hashem is teaching him. Hashem is giving him Torah for that Torah to go through Maisha to the rest of Kleisron. That's what learning Torah is all about. It's a beautiful story I once heard from a Rebbe of mine. He had the schuss of learning by Rav Shlomo Volba, Zechreina Levracha. And Rav used to make time for him. Rav you know, was a very sought-after individual. Everybody wanted to learn with Rav study under Rav So I had a Rebbe, and I had the schuss of uh, sitting under for many years in Eretz Yisrael. And he used to have learning sessions with Rav Volba. gave him a lot of time. And one time he said to Rav thank you very much when he was done learning. Revolba turned to his then Talmud, who was again a Rebbe of mine. He said, I want you to know something. For many years of my life, I had the schuss of, of learning with, and I remember this part of the story was either with uh, Rabbi Rucham or Rav Hudner. So I used to learn with my Rebbe, and he gave me a lot of time. In all my years learning with him, I never th- said thank you. Never once did I say thank you to him. He, did, I, he made tons of special, personal time just for me. I never said thank you because it was very clear to me that when, when when he was teaching me, he wasn't teaching me. When he was giving over tire to me, he wasn't giving it over to me, he was giving it to Klai Yisrael. It was always very, very, very clear to me. But he wasn't teaching me, he was teaching Klai Yisrael. He was teaching me with the responsibility, he was teaching me with a greater take and a greater perspective, and he was teaching me with an eye towards Klai Yisrael. He was giving me tire, but he wasn't giving it to me. He was giving it to Klai Yisrael. He was teaching Klai Yisrael. I never said thank you, because I understood he was giving it to me for it to go through me. And this is what he told this Rebbe of mine when he said thank you, and the message was quite clear to this Rebbe, my Rebbe, who was then his Talmud, that, you know, I'm making all this time for you because I realize when I'm teaching, I'm teaching Klai Yisrael. This is the lesson, Rabbi Yisrael. This is the lima. That's what it's all about. Avatar has to be Taras Chesed. Avatar has to be when we say that brach every morning in Birchas Krishma, especially when we say it on the morning of Shavuos after we're going to stay up all night, we have to realize, yeah, we want to Yad Shemayin learning, we want to Shtag, we want to become Tamidi Chachamim. We're becoming Tamidi Chachamim really to make other people Tamidi Chachamim. Not for us to stay in us, not for us to be stuck in us, not for us to be locked up within us, but for it to go through us. And then we'll have our own Biyam Dibra Hashem, Eileinu Hashem will speak to us, Hashem will speak through us, we shall all be zaycha, all of us, to have an amazing Kabbalah Satayra this coming Shavuos. Mir Hashem, we should be zaycha, all of us together. To the Bino, Lishmael, Lumay, Lamed, Lishmar, Vela'asso, he says, Kol Divrei Samot Tayra Secha, Biahava. We should have an amazing Shavuos, an amazing Kabbalah Satayra. Thank you all for joining and have a wonderful Shabbos.